Welcome to Leo Rising, a living tarot and creative intuition podcast. Here we'll have a conversational exploration of tarot, personal and spiritual growth, and identity formation. It's less of a how-to and more of a come along on the journey with me. I'll process stories from my life, both from the past and from the current moments that I'm moving through, to give listeners things to think about in their own journey. I'll also be introducing you to wonderful humans who are exploring these topics in their lives, either personally, professionally, or both. So my name is Jenna Fox, and I'm an educator, writer, tarot reader, Reiki master, and queer mystical mama. What I'm not is an expert. So if you're a seeker, if you've got a curious mind or are interested in esoteric topics, then this is the podcast for you. And I'm so excited to have you on the journey. Let's get started, shall we? On today's episode, I'm going to reflect on my experience reading tarot at the Pride Festival over the weekend and my shocking discovery about what the actual definition of pride really is. Stay tuned. As an English major, I have been obsessed with words and definitions since I was a kid. And I can remember a couple of situations where I wrote papers um, in college or even in high school looking at different aspects of poetry and prose and really kind of diving in and dissecting definitions of words and trying to make sense of what the author was really trying to be um, communicating to the reader. So uh, an example is a poem that I actually recently just talked with my, my students in my own class about, which was an anonymous like 15th century or 16th century poem. Um, It might have been even earlier than that. This was in high school and I wrote a six page paper on it and the poem was, O western wind, when wilt thou blow, that the small rain down can rain, Christ that my love were in my arms and I in my bed again. And I remember, and I was communicating with my students this quarter about really looking at the different words, each word individually, and then the words as they related to each other and how they created just this four line poem. And I was able to write six pages on it. And my students were pretty shocked that that was even um, a possibility because this poem was what, like maybe the size of a tweet. Um, And another example that I used with them was a poem from Emily Dickinson, who was one of my absolute favorite poets. Um, And actually, if you want to take a little, you know, foray into my website, I recently did a mock um, tarot reading for Emily Dickinson where I just channeled my intention for her and I did a reading and wrote it up kind of to give clients an example of what getting a PDF reading with me would be like. Um, And so anyway, in college, I took this class on poetry and it was um, Walt Women and Walt Whitman and Emily Dickinson. And I remember writing a paper where I was analyzing two different versions of her poem, Safe in the Alabaster Chambers. And I'm not going to, of course, recite those poems. 
But one of the things that I was really looking at was the different word choices that she used. And from one version to another, the word choices she used, the definitions for each of those, sort of the intentionality behind the words that she picked and what those would have communicated um, to her, but then also to the people that would be reading her poems. Okay, so why am I talking about definitions? Well, this weekend, I had the incredible privilege, like, I'm going to explain a little bit what and how this meant to me. Um, But I had this incredible privilege of reading tarot at a booth that I purchased at the Berean Pride Festival. And it's, it's a little suburb. Um, it's its own city, but it's really kind of like a bedroom community of Seattle. And this is the second year in a row that they have had a pride um, festival. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bigger than a farmer's market. It's definitely not as big as like the Seattle Pride Parade or any of the events that go on in sort of these major big cities. But, you know, it, it, it gets, you know, a couple thousand people last year. I guess I got about 2,000 people. So... I read tarot for people in person, not just on the internet and not people that I knew, um, for, you know, eight hours on a Saturday and it was incredible. Um, but when I came home and even the next day, so Sunday and Monday, it's why this podcast is being released later than I would have liked it since it normally comes out on Tuesdays. I have just been sitting in contemplation and really reflecting on this whole experience. But the thing that I wanted to start with really was the definition. I went to the Merriam-Webster online dictionary and I looked up the definition for the word pride, which reads as, quote, a feeling or deep pleasure or satisfaction derived from one's achievements or the achievements of those with whom one is closely associated. And I've got to say that this podcast was delayed not because of me having the words to talk about my experience on Saturday, reading tarot in person with people at the Pride Festival, but because of this basic foundational definition of the word pride. Because You see, having grown up in evangelical fundamentalist Christianity, pride was always associated with Bible verses that talked about not being proud, that pride cometh before the fall. And, you know, I went to my husband who is um, sort of a biblical scholar. I mean, I don't think he would classify himself that way, but he has a master's in divinity and has studied Hebrew and Greek. And I asked him... What were what was the definition of the original language of these texts when they used the word pride? Because growing up, I just got this sense both kind of explicitly and sort of implicitly in the wording of the text that we were reading that pride was a sin, that pride was something to be kind of beaten out of people and the the highlighting experience that I had in remembering this is when I was um, a kid, I actually was in an accident when I was um, about, I was like five or six, I was in kindergarten and I um, 
was taking ice skating lessons. And it was, you know, just a simple experience where I was taking ice skating lessons and I was knocked down by an older kid by accident during a free skate. And I ruined the growth center in my left leg. So my leg didn't grow for a couple of years and I limped and had to see orthopedic surgeons and, you know, they were concerned about my growth. Eventually my legs started to grow again, but for about from about second grade on, I really couldn't do anything that was considered an impact sport. So no basketball, no running, nothing that would really put any trauma on my joints. And so instead, my parents got me involved in the swim team. So I took swing lessons. I loved swimming. Um, you know, I was a 90s kid, so I was obsessed with The Little Mermaid. And I really took, like a fish to water, the whole swimming atmosphere. I wasn't maybe as competitive as some people would have wanted me to be, um, but I blame my anxiety disorder on that. So I was probably like 11, 12. I, was, I know that I was in the 12 and under division, and I was on a team, um, a relay team, where I swam backstroke being 6'1", and I think at the time when I was about 11 or 12, I was probably like 5'11", almost 6 feet. I was pretty, pretty freaking tall, and I was the backstroker. And I remember being on this relay team where we broke the swim club's record, and afterwards, I just remember being in complete shock. And I'm, we were at a pizza restaurant and I just kept remember saying like, I can't believe we did it. I can't believe we did it. I can't believe I did this, that I swam fast enough to help this team. And now as a parent, I know that when my kids go on and on about things, there's times where I'm just like, stop talking. I don't want to hear this, right? But I remember very distinctly my parents, and I'm not sure if it was my dad or my mom saying, stop bragging. And this concept of bragging being connected with the idea of pride. And in reading some of these biblical examples, um, verses that deal with the word pride, I keep hearing the word in my head, arrogance, right? And that having this sense of satisfaction or this arrogance or this thinking that you're better than or that you're so amazing putting yourself at like a higher than God level, right? So that is my upbringing. And that was my experience. So coming on Sunday in 2018, to do um, a definition so that I could record my my thoughts and my reflections of this tarot experience, and coming across the actual dictionary definition of pride as being a feeling of deep pleasure or satisfaction, I was shocked. Frankly, I'm still in a state of shock, like thinking that, you know, ice cream was made from dairy and learning that it was made from, I don't know, alien blood. I'm like really in this place of like, what? The word pride actually means deep satisfaction. And when I think of deep satisfaction, I really think of just like, settling in and that like not sort of the the overwhelming bubbling excitement you know um frenetic energy but just like a 
oh wow, um, deep kind of in my gut, in my bones, with it a sense of gratif- uh, gratification, just like thankfulness or gratefulness of just like kind of being alive and being able to be a part of something. Um, and so I've really just been sitting with that definition of pride um, in the wake of having gone to really my first pride event as somebody who claims their queer identity and being in um, the LGBTQ community and saying, this is who I am and this is where I belong. And tarot is something that I love and that I want to be proud about. And this community is something that I want to be a part of and be proud about, not in a boastful, arrogant, um, you know, conflict with God or anyone way, but just as like a deep resonance and joy in who I am. So I've been sitting with that definition of pride, but Saturday was my first experience, not only in a community at the pride festival, um, as an out person, but really as my professional launch as a tarot reader in person sessions. So I decided that this was something that I really wanted to do and I applied and I put down the deposit and I bought the tent and I, you know, decided to um, borrow some table and chairs for my in-laws and, and I set it up and I had a really good friend who that I think that you guys should absolutely follow on social media and who should absolutely, especially if you're in the Seattle area, look her up, Nicole Hamilton. So it's Nicole Hamilton Yoga. And on Instagram, she's at yogabird19. Um, and she's also a co-founder of Adaptive Yoga Northwest, which works with spinal cord um, patients, people who've had sort of quadriplegia, quadriplegia, paraplegia, um, or quadriplegic, paraplegic, um, doing adaptive yoga for people with mobility issues, which is so rad in my opinion. But I was able to experience doing tarot in, in person with people, um, with Nicole by my side. So she was doing Oracle readings and ahead of time we had decided that any tips we made, um, and that she would be doing readings for donations. I took, um, I charged so that I could earn back um, the money that I invested in getting the space and getting the tent, um, that we were going to raise money for LGBTQ youth. Um, and so we were actually able to support, um, the local organization camp 10 trees, which helps send kids to camp with other LGBTQ kids so that they have like just an amazing, safe and loving and wonderful camp camp experience without having to have sort of any of the discrimination that could potentially arise in some of the other, you know, outdoor camps. So here it was, it was Saturday and it came and it was my first experience with charging, um, in person for tarot readings with people that I didn't already know. And I've got to say that I was so freaking blown away with this experience. Um, Last week, I talked a lot about imposter syndrome and how that has shown up in my life. And I think that that is um, a product of being in academia with students who maybe feel like they're imposters or like they don't have it figured out. 
um, not saying that I have reframed my entire life in, in one week to have figured everything out. But when I was sitting across from people and I offered 15 minute or 30 minute um, sessions and, you know, of course, I couldn't connect deeply with everyone, right? People are coming to a festival tarot reader for a variety of reasons. Um, and it was actually really sweet. My husband brought the kids by and I got to see them and they were so excited to see me reading tarot. And, um, I, you know, I got to have this experience where I, I met with people in the public. And there was definitely, I would say of the like 20-ish people I saw that day, um, at least half of them are st have still been on my mind, the, um, the experience, because I felt like we connected really well. But what was so powerful for me was experiencing all of the different life things that I have gone through that have made up who I am to be able to bring those into a tarot reading with a client, a person that I don't know. Some of you may know, um, because you know me personally, since I like basically beg my friends to listen to my podcast that about five years ago, I was a crisis counselor for three-year-olds to 18-year-olds in the Seattle area. So in King County, and I had 12 hour on-call days every week and we worked with anyone um, in the community that was in crisis that was considered like a youth or um, teenager or child or family with, with a kid. And so what was really great about Saturday's Pride Festival was being able to harness some of these skills that I had experienced in doing my counseling work, my crisis counseling work and all of my background, but to be able to meet one-on-one -on -one with people or sometimes two-on-one -on -one because I did couple readings and um, got to see, you know, like a mom with her kid and just some, some of these really amazing stories being brought to my tarot reading table and me not feeling inside myself like I couldn't handle it because I knew I could handle it. People were coming with career and love and, you know, criminal justice and parenting and um, just like life relationships and conflict and all of that stuff. I just realized how much experience that I've had in my whole life. And as I'm talking, I'm having this distinct experience visceral inside my body of like, oh my gosh, I'm bragging, I'm arrogant, I'm going, I'm too proud of myself and my accomplishments and, and how, and then I'm like, no, deep satisfaction with my life experiences and that pride can mean that deep satisfaction of knowing who I am or being on the journey to discover who I am and how I can then sit with other people's experiences with my sassy, you know, personality. I mean, I dropped some F-bombs and I laughed and I, you know, gave some book recommendations and I heard what people had to say. And there was, you know, one client who I think might have been on some prescription medication and just like wasn't as with it as maybe some of the others. And it was just like, I got to roll with it. And I left at the end of the night when I came home, I felt that electric buzz like I had been plugged into the universe and not the divine, omniscient, God sense universe that I like that that really quiet undercurrent, but just like 
humanity. Like I felt this connection to a collective unconscious um, that was really a very human collective unconscious and not just like the divine. Um, And it makes me think going back to the beginning of this podcast, my you know, my class on Walt Whitman and these other transcendental poets and some of my love of English literature and even going further back to Joseph Campbell and Carl Jung and all of these archetypes, like it was so powerful. And so I actually revisited the definition of pride because, you know, the first definition is, you know, that deep satisfaction and joy in someone's accomplishment or a community that you feel close to accomplishment. But the definition, the second definition in the noun of pride is a group of lions. And I've been thinking about that and how that actually relates to my experience in the queer community. And just in some of these, not just the queer community, but different communities that I feel a part of, you know, um, my adult adoptee, um, as we like to call each other bastards, as a reclamation of um, that derogatory term that really set us apart for so many years with our original birth certificates. And then in my um, Christian Presbyterian social justice community that I've been working, um, working with and attending and just some of that, that idea of a pride being a group of lions and and groups of lions like I love lions they're actually um several years ago probably 12 years ago maybe now at this point I read um Philip Pullman's His Dark Materials series for the first time and in that series Your Soul which they call a demon um which of course raised my hackles as an evangelical Christian at the time um, but your soul lives outside your body and as um, in in the shape of an animal, right? And when you're a kid, um, the animal changes because your your personality, your your personhood isn't fixed yet. And I remember really feeling like, oh, my soul would be a male lion. I know that my last name is Fox, um, and I do think foxes are pretty tricky and great. I've written a couple things um, about my love of coyotes. I have a an essay on um, how I'm a coyote mom, that trickster mom that kind of changes shape. But really, at the end of the day, if I were to have to pick an animal that I would love my soul, or I feel like my soul is um, embodies, would be a male lion. Because they spend a lot of time napping, basically, laying in the sunshine, and you know hanging out with a whole group of lionesses and just they have this community but then they're able to be aggressive and they're able to you know they don't really do the hunting but they certainly can defend and um and so thinking of this group this community where um you know lionesses all work together to bring down some some prey and there's the cubs that are raised and it's just that really tribal um a tribal experience that goes beyond the human idea of what a tribe is. And so I think about that as where is my pride, (laughs) right? Not my, my pride, my arrogance and something, but where is my pride? Where is my community? And I keep thinking about where lions come up in the tarot deck. So in my shadowscapes deck, there's actually a lot of lions that are present. Um, in the two of wands and the three of wands 
Um, but really the strength card is the one that comes to my mind the most because in the um, historic uh, Ryder Smith weight deck, that is um, the card that has a woman holding a lion's mouth open. And in front of me, I have my Dreaming Way Tarot deck. And there is this this beautiful image of a woman and she's kind of wearing some long board short trousers that are kind of plaid and she's got a, like a, a flowy white button-up shirt with kind of like a a purple halter top over over it and her eyes are closed and she's got a little infinity symbol above her head and she's she's facing the right which I as a tarot reader um, look at the cards and say that that means that she's you know facing the future and at her side is a lion so unlike the writer Smithwaite um, card she's not holding the lion's mouth open she's just standing next to the lion with her hand kind of resting on his head and he's got his eyes closed and just this golden flowy mane and it is just the most serene looking card like if I could just look at this card I think every day um, in the morning it would probably help me not drink so much coffee um, it has that Miriam Webster definition of just that deep pleasure and satisfaction these two are in unison they are in sync together and they're heading off into the future with I've got to say the the card is called strength but I'm going to just rename it for a moment as pride that there is an understanding that together they can kind of do anything that they are a team and they're unstoppable and I feel like that's what the the strength card means um, and so, you know, as I think about the word pride and my experience and where I fit in into all these communities of, you know, the queer community and the adoptee community and my friend group and as a tarot reader, like, where do I fit? Um, I'm going to kind of just keep channeling this, this major arcana card of strength and say, yeah, I want to retake back that word pride from the derogatory, sinful meaning that was assigned to it when I was a young person. So June is Pride Month and I just want to say, you know, a huge shout out to the LGBTQ community who are celebrating all of the milestones and, you know, all of the, the work, the civil rights work um, is not over. You know, there's so much further to go to make sure that everyone has this chance to have community and love and just that deep sense of satisfaction with their life. But I feel so privileged to be a part of um, the journey. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's not over. So today is Tuesday, June 5th, 2018. And I had the privilege of reading a poem at Cascadia College. So just up the road from the college that I work at. And I had the privilege of reading a poem that um, was really my first declaration publicly of my queer identity. And so I'm going to be adding that to the podcast. It's called Bones of My Grandma, and you'll get to listen to it um, in a moment. 
Um, but thanks for listening and being on this ride with me as we kind of go through this experience of tarot and how it relates um, to our ever-shifting um, sense of self and sense of relation to our various communities. I look forward to talking with you guys in another week and see what will come up between now and then. Bones of my grandma. When I came out as bisexual, I think my parents only heard sexual. Mom was three out of ten surprised. Dad said, Jezebel and unnatural and where is my innocent little girl who I was so proud of? I was silent. Didn't say, I've known since I was six. When those admonishments weren't strong enough to change my heart or my soul or my mind or my body, he said, and what would your beloved Grams think? I was silent. Drank a cardamom latte. Bought a marigold for Samhain. Thought to myself, please don't sharpen the bones of my dead grandma into a weapon against me. The next time I saw my dad, I hugged him tight. Because my grandma taught me unconditional love. If you download the Anchor app, you can send me a voice message letting me know what gives you a sense of deep satisfaction or joy. Or, who is your community? What is your pride? Hey friends, thanks for listening to Leah Rising, a tarot and creative intuition podcast. As of January 2021, this podcast and all of the information is archived. So feel free to listen to the episodes. The wisdom of the tarot is everlasting. But much of the information about um, booking a reading from people has changed in the last couple of years. So know that there isn't a tarot um, Instagram account or email address or way to get a hold of me for readings at this point. And of course, I will update that in the future if it changes.